Uh, the verdict in for Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of school shooter Ethan Crumbly, uh, and all that happened regarding uh, involuntary manslaughter convicted uh, yesterday. Dr. Carol Liebman, forensic psychiatrist, columnist of Inside the Criminal Mind in Front Page Detectives. Check it out. Uh, a valuable piece of read here. FrontPageDetectives.com. Uh, and Dr. Carol, nice enough to join us. From the left coast. Good having you here. Um, you know, I didn't expect this to go any other way, Carol. I thought the jury did the right thing, made the right decision. I've been stating all along there's got to be accountability. Uh, parents uh, have a stake in all of this, what we have seen over the years, unfortunately, uh, with these school shootings. But uh, to me, it was the, the right verdict uh, coming into that courtroom in Michigan. What about you? Yes, Absolutely. Um, I mean, I must say, though, that I was a little concerned uh, that, I mean, it was it was going on for a while, and it's a good thing. It's really good that juries, you know, take the time to look over every little detail and so on. But um, I was really getting concerned about what verdict they were going to come to, because um, the defense attorney um, kept trying to make the point that she, you know, that that it's impossible, basically, for a mother to be that uh, to to watch that carefully, what's going on with her child, and and um, she was making herself as the example, like if everybody looked at, you know, and I'm not a perfect mother, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I was worried that, that was going to convince some jurors um, that that was true. But in fact, really parents need to realize, and hopefully this verdict will wake a lot of parents up, parents need to realize that they are responsible for how their child turns out. All the things that parents do from the time, you know, that their baby is crying in the middle of the night and they decide, should I go see what's wrong or not? Or all the time that they spend or don't spend with their children growing up, reading to their child, um, you know, taking their child to after school activities, everything that every little decision, you know, that may seem minor at the time, like daily decisions, every single decision goes into determining what that child will turn out to be like. And of course, Jennifer Crumley, I call her the poster mom for a school shooter mom, because she did everything wrong. You know, she checked all the boxes of things that to do if you want to create a, a school shooter. Yeah, um, and so many signs, the drawings that this kid uh, uh, was uh, involved with, uh, the, the gun lock, and, and just the overall, you know, the biggest thing was that the kid, uh, had mental disorders, and to give a child of that nature uh, a toy, uh, a weapon of destruction, as what Ethan Crumbly utilized this for, uh, to me was the exclamation point as far as deliberations were concerned. I'm surprised myself it took, uh, it took that long, uh, but they came up with the right one. But, you know, I think the bottom line here is that you have to have a sense, it's a common sense, uh, of doing the right thing here and not placing a lethal weapon in the hands of somebody who can't think for themselves in the proper fashion, as what happened to Ethan Crumbly here. And thus, she's got to take the hit, and she did. So I think it sends a resounding message, Carol, as far as what happens in the future, and certainly... Uh, could act as a deterrent in some sort of a way, knowing the fact that, hey, 
if my kid goes out and kills people, knowing what I know here, uh, guess what? I'm going to have to suffer the consequences. Yes. Um, you know, hopefully people will realize that when their child is asking for mental health help, um, they should get them that and not get them a gun. But, you know, the gun was like the final straw because really this started way, way before a, he, they got him a gun. Um, they were ignoring him, that, uh, neglecting him, which is a form of abuse. They were neglecting him since he was a little boy. Um, they would go out, for example, the parents, and they would go drinking, and they wouldn't leave a cell phone with uh, Ethan. And he would have to, if he wanted to get in touch with his parents, he'd have to go next door to a neighbor and ask the neighbor to call his parents. I mean, this, is, this has been going on for years and years and years, um, not just the last six to eight months before he did the shooting. But so then, you know, he's asking for help, and most school shooters don't ask for help. Uh, most teenage boys, let's put it that way, in general, don't ask for help because they don't want to seem like they're crazy. They don't want to, um, you know, they're, they're embarrassed. If somebody, if you have a child who is asking for help, that means they really, really need it. Especially, they're, you know, he's telling them that he there are there are um, uh, ghouls or whatever the word was. Um, you know, there was there was some somebody in the house. You know, he, he was he was imagining all these things. He had hallucinations. I mean, that is serious. It wasn't, he wasn't just saying, I feel sad. He had real mental illness. And, um, and so for them to you know, keep ignoring him and ignoring him, even when he's telling them about these things that he's seeing and hearing and all of that, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just uh, mind-blowing. And hopefully parents now, you know, since this story has gotten around so much, hopefully parents now, if they do have a child who, um, who asks for help, they will get them help instead of getting them a gun. No doubt about it. Carol Lieberman with us with the uh, monumental verdict in that Michigan courtroom yesterday. Ten hours of deliberation, 22 witnesses, give or take there. Six men, six women uh, make up of the jury, pretty much stating uh, that uh, Jennifer Crumbly did the wrong thing here, making a gun uh, accessible. Uh, to her son, ex ignored the struggles from a cognitive standpoint of what this kid was going through, even declined to take him home, Carol, hard to believe, right? Think about yeah. it. Declined to take him home when confronted with these violent drawings, you know, blood, there will be blood and everything else. Uh, on the day of the shooting, it's, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine that? I mean, that is unreal. Yes, and the mother said, well, I saw that he was sad. I didn't know that it was going to be worse. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, in fact, the picture, one of the pictures that he drew was the exact gun that they had gotten him, that his parents had gotten him. And she was saying, no, I could, couldn't, couldn't know in advance um, that this was it. She saw that it was the exact gun. You know, he was, he, he was you know, fascinated with this, with this kind of a gun. And so he drew the exact, exact gun. They didn't, they, neither the parents nor the school looked in his backpack. Well, let me stop you for a second, though. What about the accountability of the school? Well, yes. Why, why would the parents have the sole authority from a decision standpoint to let him stay there? I mean, you had a 12-minute meeting over this type of behavior, the drawings and everything else. Uh, they opted. The parents opted to let him stay in, in class. Hours later, later, he pulled out the gun of his backpack and shot 11 people, four dead. 
why couldn't the school basically say, you know, we're not keeping him here. I'm sorry. You're going to take Ethan home. He needs some observation here. On a day like today after these drawings, sorry, he's, he's got to exit the building. Why not there? Yes, the school obviously has some responsibility as well. They could have called 911, gotten a, a police car to come and take him, or an ambulance even, to take him to the hospital. He needed to go ASAP to, uh, to a psychiatric hospital, and he needed to be admitted, obviously. Um, yes, they have some responsibility, too. But the it's, I think the, the buck stops at the parents. And, um, you know, the mother was saying, I, I realized he was sad. I didn't know it was more than that. Well, okay, even if that's all she thought, which, you know, which is kind of ridiculous since he was drawing a picture of the gun. But anyway, even if she just thought he was sad, they were telling her to get him psychiatric help within 48 hours. Of course she, they should have taken him out of school. Um, that that certainly, you know, so it is partly the school should have, should have done something as well. But, of course, the parents are more responsible because they know or should have known their son better. Yeah, no doubt. Blood. These are the drawings, folks. Blood everywhere with a bullet. Uh, the thoughts uh, won't stop. Help. He's asking for help. and he, he couldn't stop. This is what this kid was going through. It is unbelievable. Now, the father, James... Carol goes on trial, uh, same type of deal in March. Do you expect any other different outcome than what we saw yesterday? I think there might be. This is going to be really interesting. Why? Um, because because uh, depending upon when one of the things that uh, helped convict Jennifer Crumley was that she was so unlikable on the stand, especially when she said she wouldn't do any anything differently. I mean, imagine saying that. You know, the families of, of the four dead children are sitting there in the court. And she said, no, I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, what nerve. Um, but I think we might see something different with James, depending upon um, how he comes across on the stand. Like, if he really is remorseful, she was not remorseful at all. She just was digging her heels in. I did the right thing, you know. Um, and But if he's different, if he learns, let's say, from her uh, from what happened to her and, you know, hearing how unlikable she was and how she didn't take responsibility and so on. And if he goes the other way, uh, in a sincere way, I mean, he can't fake it or he shouldn't fake it. Or he shouldn't try to fake it. Um, then I think maybe the jury might like him better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it'll have, I, I think it'll have a similar outcome uh, for the father. I do. Uh, because, you know, when you're a, a parent, you share the responsibility. The responsibility was lax thereof as far as James was concerned. I mean, he bought the weapon. Uh, he knew what was going on from a cognitive standpoint with his son. Uh, I mean, he knew. And quite frankly, to me, he's in the same boat. I mean, you have a responsibility. There has to be a little bit of accountability there. Uh, is it as fierce a sentence as the mother, maybe not. Uh, she had some rendezvous with another individual and right. kind of shirked responsibility in that regard. That only right. adds to it. But I think with James, he's going to have to share a little bit of this. Maybe not as much, yes. though, Carol. Um, I, I know. I, I mean, I could imagine Jura's feeling like he should get the same uh, guilty verdict as his wife. Um, you know, I don't know if he... I'm not sure that he 
was as neglectful. I think I think that the mother was more neglectful of her son than the father was. But yes, of course, he bought the gun. So in a sense, that makes it that part makes it worse for the father. You know, and I look at other cases. What comes to mind is uh, in Uvalde. Uh, with that 18-year-old who bought those weapons uh, at uh, at a Walmart, uh, Salvatore Torres, his name was, I do believe, who went on that rampage yeah. uh, in Uvalde at the school in the 77 yeah. minutes and everything else. We can all cite what happened with law enforcement didn't do the job, but nonetheless, there is right. still a responsibility uh, from a parent, a guardian, as in the case of Torres, who lived with a grandmother thrown out by the parents. Uh, even took that of a truck, didn't know how to drive, took the truck, crashed into that school fence. There is still accountability here. And I'm wondering, are we going to see a decline in this based on that? I'm, I'm just wondering. Overall, I, I would have to think people have to think twice over this now. Yes, I am certainly hoping that, that this was a wake-up call for parents and that uh, they're going to be a little more sensitive to you know, what their kids are feeling and some of the symptoms, some of the same signs, you know, Excuse me. He was like he showed the total profile of a of a school shooter um, from from being abused and neglected to spending hours obsessed with violent video games to having mental illness um, to being uh, ostracized at school, not having friends. One friend, the one friend who then moved away, which was sort of the trigger for all of this, um, and and then um, you know, and then of course. Uh, the parents, um, you know, so I think when I think parents are going to be are, are going to be more aware when, um, like, for example, if their child has no friends, you know, they might realize that this is a sign uh, that their child has psychological problems. No doubt about it. Uh, Dr. Carol Lieberman, uh, the best in the business as far as uh, a forensic psychiatrist. And you must read the. Inside the uh, Criminal Mind and Front Page Detectives, you go to frontpagedetectives.com. Uh, Just a fascinating read. Carol, always great having you. Appreciate the early hour out there as well. Well, thank you. My pleasure.